I've spent the last 12 years trying to find the ultimate model to run a chiropractic business, and I think I discovered it. The Clinic Gym Hybrid Model, where you integrate fitness with the great care that chiropractic offices offer. Now, I perfected that model, and I sold that business last year. Now I've gone full-time into discovering how to help others build the same model in their practice, and I have the goal of 100 hybrid clinics starting up in the next year. So follow along as we interview the greatest guests, thought leaders in our space here, and discover the ways to perfect this model so that you can run an amazing business that also contributes to your time off, increased pay, and increased fulfillment by doing the care that you truly believe in. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm here with two future doctors, Mai T. Ta and Nolan Clausen, who are both students about to graduate from Cleveland Chiropractic College, or I guess, sorry, that entity doesn't actually exist, Cleveland University, Kansas City, right? Yeah. All right. So, Nolan, uh, let's, well, since you're holding the microphone, we'll start with you. Give ready a little bit of your history, where you're coming from, and where you're at in your education here. Um, I'm originally from Nebraska. Uh, I went to Nebraska Westland, an NAIA school. I played football and basketball there. Uh, after I got my exercise science degree there, I went to Cleveland University, and I am in my last semester there and graduate in april and it's currently middle of february we're at the parker seminar in las vegas so what is that two and a half months away roughly yeah less than 90 days you better know homeboy you got <laughs> life's coming up quick yeah it is and <laughs> hand the microphone over to my my uh what's your backstory yeah i uh grew up in wichita kansas graduated from the university of kansas with biology degree and um yep we're going to be graduating in April. Did a lot of leadership opportunities in chiropractic while at Cleveland. Did a lot of work legislatively as well as community building at Cleveland University. So really excited to see how that transitions into practice. Yeah, you can't help yourself. You have to get involved in everything you can, right? Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Sums it up, yeah. yeah. Like you recently went to what, uh, NBCE saw the board exams or made and you went to uh, nclc for leadership summit whatever thing yep yep and so a lot of cool opportunities to represent cleveland as well as get some a lot of like background and stuff to see how it transitions um really really like what i'm seeing i wish i could have more opportunities clinically uh that's kind of something that lacks at cleveland that i see other schools doing more residency programs more fellowships more um performance fellows at other schools that cleveland kind of lacks but um really cool that SAC kind of opens those doors for you awesome all right so slow down real quick so probably people are wondering why the heck i have two students who haven't even graduated on my show and here's the deal I wanted to capture their input on what they see as the profession because, you know, I interview a lot of people who are 10, 20 years into the profession, sometimes more, and we're all influenced by, like, where we came from and where we're going. Uh, you guys are, you're, uh, you're you know, Colombian-grade uh, cocaine here. You haven't been cut at the street level yet. You haven't been knocked down, and, and everything is possible right now, right? So I want to make sure that you... Uh, share with us and I hope to do the same interview maybe a year from now at Parker 2020 in Vegas so we can see how your first year went but you can never go back in time so we got to capture it now so if I were to ask you when you look out and see all the possibilities Maya I'll go with you since you just came back from all these legislative things what 
what are you excited about as you become a chiropractor? Uh, What's really, really cool is a lot of people have said for years that this is the best time to be a chiropractor, and I think that it is more true now than ever. The integration that chiropractic is doing with other health professionals, where we are headed towards with working in the VA and working in Walter Reed and all of the cool things that the universities are putting out, Mm -hmm. that is the best time to be a chiropractor. We aren't on Cairo Island anymore. We can give the best patient-centered care through collaborative opportunities that never existed before. Yeah. And are you seeing that? I mean, so you're, you're seeing it around your school in Kansas City, but when you go to NCLC and these other national organizations, do you see people talking about those opportunities in other geographic locations? Yeah, it's actually really cool. We just had our leadership conference for um, the Student American Chiropractic Association last September, and the ACA is actually creating an initiative to have a uh, inter intraprofessional conference as well as FTCA. Both of them are moving in this direction, and so you are seeing a lot of integration happening, not only with the new grads, but these seasoned doctors are starting to move that direction too, and that is really, really cool. Fantastic. And hand the, the microphone off there to Nolan as I, as I uh, dive into him. But uh, one of the things I think that's exciting is we're no longer like, we're getting everybody to play nice in the same sandbox instead of saying like, no, we play in our own sandbox and you can't play in it. Because so I think that um, that method never gets anybody you know, that far along when you try and uh, exclude people. It has a funny way of excluding you more than anyone else. So, uh, Nolan, you're an athlete, played in college. Your wife played in college as well, right? You've seen all that. Um, what's, what are you thinking about, like, chiropractic in the world of athletics? What do you see in there? Um, I, I see only potential. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, they – they're handling be, the be careful how you say that because you know that's like coaching code for this kid sucks right oh well he, he's got a lot of potential that means i hope to work with him over the next three years to maybe get a 500 season out of him very true <laughs> uh i guess in my light and the way i look at things i see the potential because there's really a lack of what's out there for sports chiropractic sports performance all that um i know a lot of students in fact like myself and multiple of my friends and colleagues that go to the same continuing ed courses on the weekends, you know, we were drawn towards this profession because we were, you know, athletes and we were interested in the performance side. And you start, you go through the curriculum at school and Mm -hmm. you start to understand, well, there's nothing out there like that right now. Nobody's Mm -hmm. creating those kind of jobs. But there's this pain thing. We can help people get out of pain, mm-hmm. and we can definitely, you know, treat um, everyday people that are, you know, working out and they have pain and all that stuff. Right. But in the world of sports chiropractic and performance, there's nothing out there. Like, there's no jobs. So Not yet. Not yet. I mean, the product, part of the problem is, like, the, the term sports chiropractic is not well-defined, but I wouldn't say that that's limited to chiropractic. Like, if you go to sports physical therapy there's a whole section the scs designation in physical therapy i think it's sports something specialist um and you know i don't think people i don't think the public knows what that means that certainly within physical therapy they do mm-hmm. but when you go to these different like education seminars and you've got to be sitting next to physical therapists and physical therapy students right yeah do you do that uh, a lot of them yeah are. and mm-hmm. is the language at least unified like we're all saying the same like describing things similarly and it's not a big like 
You guys stay on that side of the room. We stay on this side. Uh, definitely with the continuing ed courses that I go to, um, we are definitely talking the same language. I still but it's a huge jump. I mean, you guys probably have only seen that version of it, you know, but it, yes. it used to be like a version of like we say subluxation and, and you say joint restriction and we disagree wholeheartedly on the fundamental, you know, what that means. But I think we're past that now. Yeah, absolutely. First, you know, first year of school, one of my best friends went to PT school and uh-huh. we would, you know, bicker and rant back and forth at each <laughs> other and uh, send nasty text messages about our each other's profession yeah and it's funny he's graduated now and he's in the field and i bet we share more information uh, educational things with each other than we ever did when we were in undergrad together and uh studying together every day yeah it's funny like you take the it's like those anatomical bodies exhibit you know you take the skin off and you can't tell where the person's from or what they're it's like oh yeah 99 percent of the stuff's all the same yeah. i think we just decide to make it different at some point um, so you see a lot of potential for that kind of de- that development of that idea, that profession in sports? Absolutely. Um, is there anybody doing it well? Like are the physical therapists doing it well in your perspective or strength and conditioning coaches? Who's progressing and getting towards that performance model? There's a few out there right now. Um, one that comes in particular is Brett Winchester. Um, uh-huh. He's doing a really good job Brett's of that. Brett's been on the show. Don't, don't kiss yeah. his ass just because he's, <laughs> he's a mentor of yours. Like, I kind of have to. So. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> – He's going to listen to this, and he's going to think he's hot stuff, you know, but yeah. uh, I, don't want him to, I don't want him to get the wrong idea, you know. But, yeah, he's certainly, uh, he's certainly a guy that knows what he's doing, and he's doing it well and working with a lot, of, a lot of sports teams and whatnot, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, again, like, I think he's a chiropractor that went to achieve that. I don't think that because – I think he would have done that no matter what his license was. You know, oh. if he was a physical therapist, he still probably would be doing very close to what he's doing now. Because uh, he's a little bit of everything, right? He's a little bit of a physical therapist, he's a little bit of a strength coach, a little bit of a rehab guy, manual therapist, all that. Probably psychologist as well. He has that crazy kid, uh, Taylor Primer, working for him. So definitely has to cancel him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Brett's a, g- a good example of that. And uh, let- let's go hand the microphone back to Mike because I don't want to exclude the the token woman we have here. <laughs> I don't want this to get all broed out on sports, you know, but ooh, don't go any farther. So... Um, so what do you see developing in the profession, by the way? So you've been around like, uh, so there's this like commonality that happens. Like when, uh, legislators get young, pretty females around them, they kind of spill the beans. So you definitely have more of a line here than what Nolan and I hear. Right. But what's, what's out in the future as far as certifications and designations and things like that. What do you see happening in this world? Yeah. um, So the biggest thing is people are starting to look towards what is best in the face of the opioid crisis. And this is not a profession specific thing. This is a health field thing. And so people are playing nicer because we're in the in the presence of something that is so detrimental to our society. And so what is really, really cool is for the first time, people are doing more research to create these clinical guidelines that say, hey, what conservative care can do in the face of the opioid crisis, despite if you're a PT, despite if you're a chiropractor, we need it. We don't care who you are. We just need it. Right. It's like and, you know, the house next door is on fire. We don't care how you bring water here in a hose or in a bucket, just get water. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that has created a lot of legislative, um, 
momentum. fronts yeah, and momentums that we are doing. Um, the Medicare bill that is going in, which would allow chiropractors to get reimbursed to the extent of their scope, would be an incredible um, achievement for us because where Medicare goes, insurance follows. And right. so, like I said, the best time to be a chiropractor. And what's really cool talking about the sports thing, though, um, where you guys were going towards the conversation, there is not a profession right now that is the sports performance profession. Mm -hmm. And so this just opens more doors for us. And that just allows us to be, you know, the recognition of the the person that is taking care of performance yeah. so yes we can open the door with the opioid crisis and help make a dent in what is going on but that just opens the conversation that we could also be the performance experts we can take care of the pain let's take it to performance yeah it's kind of funny because if you step back for a second i'm, I'm thinking about this you just brought that up i think it's a great point is if you look at the core issue with the opioid crisis and performance or it's usually that at some point you had a patient that was complaining about something, and then the provider just basically threw their hands up and was like, ah, whatever. You know, just like, here's what you do. Here's what to do. And it happens with people like they get ACL surgery, they go through rehab, and it's just like at some point somebody throws their hands up like, you're not getting any better. And that person goes on to like study why didn't, you know, why didn't I get better and therefore how do I build performance in others. But in opioid crisis, it's like I don't think anybody along the, the first one or two providers they have, I don't think they were – there was malice in them. They probably wanted the person in front of them to get better. The person kept talking about pain, and they're like, well, I don't know what to do. Here's more and more and more drugs, and I don't know. They seem to work for a couple of days, and, you know, but they don't realize that they're creating this, like, it's like, uh, it's like uh, when you have, like, a scab, and then you pick the scab, yep. and then you pick it again, and then you realize pretty soon you got this huge thing going on. It's like, dude, I... That wasn't my intent. You know, I just yep. started off because it was itching a little bit. Yeah, it's just a positive feedback loop right back into that system. So... With these clinical guidelines coming out, support your state associations that are pushing out this information. Be the first line of defense and then be a part of that collaborative team that when in doubt, you're ready to refer, but be the first person to try something conservatively. Yeah. And that is going to be just a door opener for the entire profession. But, yeah. I think one of the greatest parts of our license too, and I would give this to physical therapists as well, like, um, and, and anybody like the ability to have that person in pain in front of you or that person wants performance in front of you. And it's what can you do for them right now with what you have? Not let me refer you for an MRI. It's going to take two days. And then you're going to come back a day after that. We're going to interpret it. And then we're going to decide on a treatment plan. And a week later, even though you're dying in pain, we'll have a clear treatment plan of what it is. It's like, slow down. Like how about that person comes in right now? I put my hands on them. I do an evaluation. I figure out what's going on and I do some treatment right now and guide them through some exercises right now. And in an hour, not a week, in an hour, they're different versus the kind of crazy long, excuse me, the long version of how to get to the starting point that some professions end up getting into, right? Yeah. It's super helpful that we're portal of entry physicians and everyone thinks there this needs to be... This is how you know be... Maya's been around like the legislators and stuff. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. we're portal of entry uh, physicians <laughs> and primary um, providers of, of care. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But the thing is, is some, you know, chiropractors are like, there should be a schism between us and the PTs. But with what we're dealing with and the population base that we're seeing and the percentage of the population we're seeing i mean if we're playing nice we still want it you know your doors are still going to be packed people are still yeah. going to be banging down the door when low back pain is the number one disability in the world you are 
going to run out of patience if you are doing things ethically and collaboratively mm-hmm. and you're playing nice. And those people don't give a crap about what your license is. I mean, they're oh, just no. like, can you make me better? Yes or no. And it's like, well, I have these sort of like, that's not what I asked. I asked, can you make me better? Yes or no. And I don't care. They don't care if you want to do that through McKinsey protocols or the CRISP protocols or uh, DNS or manual therapy or, you know, um, like the pain science folks, like that kind of approach. It, like all of it they care is two weeks later, is my pain significantly less and is my ability to do daily life significantly higher? And it's like, if yes, then whatever your profession is, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but oh, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. How about you? You want to talk? Nolan's a, a little more hesitant. You can see Mai has been in front of some crowds and uh, done the leadership role. But uh, as far as performance, I think the same thing holds true about like they don't, they don't care, right? Like, I mean, literally there are strength coaches providing more care on the front lines than any other profession in their area because it just by de- default, it, they had to do it, right? Like nobody else was doing anything good. Yeah, exactly. And that goes to like one of my favorite quotes by Dr. King. And it's uh, people really truly You're going to go far in life because you kiss so much butt, dude. I know. You got Winchester on here. You got King. Like, man, name dropper extraordinaire. Hey, I don't have an original idea. So um, that was another quote. But, awesome. Uh, People really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so if you can provide care that actually gets them better and do all those things, it doesn't matter what your title is. Yeah. I mean, like massage therapist or any of those things. It's funny because, like, uh, I saw this study. It was like it was like massage therapy versus primary care MD versus in uh, physiatrist or PM&R versus Cairo versus PT versus yoga instructor. And the highest rank... Of all of those people in, in the highest patient satisfaction numbers were the yoga instructor. Like, oh, they took time and they explained it to me and they used external cues like, you know, shape yourself like a wheel or here's boat pose. But it was about that. It wasn't about you as a patient not being able to do that. It's like, hey, work towards this. And you can't get there today, but this, that's okay. This is practice. And it's funny because everybody else has formal training and they're like the least, I mean, they do a 200 hour, 400 hour certification, but as far as patient care, the least trained and they're just like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll actually treat these people like human beings. And all of a sudden they have these miraculous uh, patient satisfaction scores. So it's, we should take cues from that and realize, yeah, like first, like talk to this person like you would your own mother not, you know, beating your chest about your certifications or your abilities or whatever. I think a lot of that can come from, you know, our education, uh, you go through four years of school yeah. or less or more. And, you know, we're talking about the avatar, the patient, as yeah. what would we do for this patient? We don't talk about them as a person. And right. so it's a like lot that of scene times. Patch Adams, you ever seen that where he's like, yeah. Patient have a name? Like patient 473. <laughs> they have a name? Uh, what do you mean? Like a first name? Do they have one? And they're all confused by that question. Like, well, yeah. And that, I think that's one of our biggest problems, like just within school is, you know, we go through the education, but a lot of these students really haven't touched anybody outside of school. When yeah, go they're all healthy, it. highly resilient, 26 year old, yep. quote unquote, patients, right? Practice yeah. patients. It's like, oh, yeah, you can insult that body a lot before yeah. they get pissy yeah. and they'll be fine tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah. The best students that come out of school are the ones that, you know, have gone outside of just the school system to... Um, find ways to get their hands on people yeah. instead of waiting just for when their clinic hours start. Nice. Well, for those, uh, for those out there who maybe want a preceptor or want some young, hungry students that are willing to work their butt off for 
um, essentially zero dollars, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what, like when you look back like a year, eh, not a year ago, six months ago, what were you looking for in a preceptorship? And what would, what have you heard from your fellow schoolmates that would make you think like that was a effective, exciting preceptorship? Basically, what is the bait that people on listening here can put in the water to attract the best preceptors? I would say, well, I guess this doesn't really answer your question, but a lot of students um, pick a preceptor based on the pretense of, is this going to provide me a job? Am I going to make money right away? Uh, A lot of them don't actually go out and shadow docs beforehand. Uh, they just pick somebody mm-hmm. and they think it's going to be a great experience. Whereas they didn't, you know, I think the student needs to vet the doctor just as much as the doctor needs to vet them. Yeah. In, in private practice, we call that hiring. Like yeah. anything that can fog a mirror, we're like, Oh, congratulations. You won the job at the front desk. And they're like, oh, I'm not, might not even be good at that. It's like, Oh, we don't care. You were here. We need it now. And so we'll do that. So they're often approach preceptors the same way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, one of the problems, and, and I would actually throw this to you, Mai, like one of the problems I think that the people listening, though, are going to have is how the hell do they, if they're not in the same neighborhood as a school, right? So if I'm in Las Vegas, there's no chiropractic college here, how do I reach out and get, put the bait in Overland Park, wherever you are, in St. Louis for the Logan students, or in Southern California, home of the championship, uh, chiropractic college where I went, SCUHS, how do we get, that's right, smile, you know it's true. Skew. Uh, Yeah, skew the results as in great, amazing. Hey, it's Dr. Josh. And real quick, we'll get right back to that interview. But I definitely want to tell you all about our super conference. It's coming up on April 13th and 14th in Austin, Texas. Now, what is it and what makes it so awesome? Well, it's super. That's why it's called the super conference. And it's super because we've combined two of the greatest models in all of the clinic gym hybrid space. And that is the accelerator program. We are putting it live into an event and you're going over everything we cover in accelerator live. Now, we can't go as in depth as the online training, but we're going to give you an overview on Saturday about how to run the business side of the operation. And then on Sunday, we have partnered with the CFSC, the Certified Functional Strength Coach Program, and they are teaching a course all about the exercise to do and the progressions and regressions to do with your clients. So you combine those two models, the best exercise program with the best business model, and you have an absolute super conference. So I hope you can join us April 13th and 14th in Austin, Texas. Go to our website, clinicgymhybrid.com, and look for the button that says Super Conference. Once again, clinicgymhybrid.com, and there's a button right at the top that says, tell me about the Super Conference. Click there. You got all the info. Thanks a lot. We'll get right back to that interview. So anyways, uh, if if you're not near those schools, uh, how can you get the word out that you're looking for a hungry young preceptor How can you get contact with those students? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that uh, for sure Nolan and I have seen as we've gone through our education is even when we started as Try One new students, there was a lack of doctors who got involved within the universities. And so we got exposed to someone coming in and bringing in pizza and we believed everything they said and it's pretty rough um if we had more doctors especially functional doctors Did somebody walk into little form- caesars going i heard you guys have a preceptorship here <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but oh, the, no 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 oh. oh it's pizza hut sorry 
<laughs> that Papa John's dude, he's a good Cairo. Like, <laughs> yeah, but um, that's. I mean, we uh, having more doctors get involved with the school and the community, helping student clubs um, by sponsorships or even having opportunities to be like, hey, if you want, we could do a webinar series mm-hmm. or a Skype call and getting involved with these students. We are hungry for it. We are always being involved in as many clubs as I am. We are always looking for doctors to step forward and volunteer to do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it's so much more receptive to have that human connection with these students. Oh, for sure to ask about these preceptorships than just, you know, posting. Uh, I see it a lot. They'll post on our um, educational boards, uh, like our feeds on Facebook and stuff. Like, hey, we have a preceptor here. And it's just like, who are you? Like, what are you even? Mm-hmm. We, we don't understand what you want from us. Um, and it's kind of a shot in the dark. And yeah. for these places that you're asking us to move and you're asking us um, to come work at your clinic, if you're not by a university, if we never had that human connection with you, the likelihood of us coming out to see you is is pretty pretty slim and so if you can even have the human connection of being um, reaching out to the school and helping a club provide pizza it's it's a small donation 50 bucks 25 bucks um, to back to the school and creating that relationship that is going to be volumes then you can invite them to come shadow your office the students will drive i mean nolan has driven how many miles i would say thousands to Our shadow. main man, Kurt, Kurt Kippenberger's place, right? Or you yeah, did too. We mine. Both, how, we that's both what, did. a three-hour drive for you guys? Yeah, it's a three-hour drive. And it was because Dr. Kurt reached out to us, invited yep. us to go see his clinic. Yeah. And, man, that connection, uh, I got to meet him even before that. And that connection made that drive worthwhile. And yeah. then I saw how amazing his clinic was. And, I mean, that, that, that's what we need and to be doing. And to his credit, I mean, I have, like, a man crush on him. You know, like, <laughs> I like the earrings. I like the short hair. Uh, but and seriously, I think he he did one. Th- he's done many things right. One of which is he tells the preceptors, "Look, we have like a housing stipend because I know that you would. You're only going to be here for whatever four months, roughly. It's not like you're going to get a four month lease on a new apartment, move all your stuff from free, in your case Overland Park to uh, to where is he St. Louis or whatever Columbia. Columbia. It's not like you're going to do that for a four month experience and then move on, right? But he's like, yeah, like I realize you'll provide service and probably work your butt off, so I'll kick down a what are we talking about? An extra $300 a month? I mean, nothing crazy, right? I'll kick down a little bit of money to help you live here so that I can get somebody who's motivated and hungry. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's like, yeah. Just, That's the I thing. Think if you everybody want the... works, it all works well together. Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking for the cream of the crop, you got to do something. You can't yeah. just post on a Facebook page that you're looking for a preceptor. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. You want those young people who are hungry, who are going after getting more knowledge outside of school, investing in their education for their future patients. And you are only going to get that by by investing in some way. Yeah. All right. Now, a lot, I'm sure a lot of listeners are going, that's great. Fantastic. But I live in Denver and there's, you know, it's really hard. So um, I would like you so, like, you were in, Nolan was involved in the DNS club? No. Uh, we have a DNS kind of club yeah, and then the MPI the, club. MPI, uh, Motion Palpation Institute, right? Yep. Which is, that's the one you're really heavily involved in? Yes. That's why you kiss the butt of the two big guys at the top? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. But in all seriousness, if, there, if there's somebody that is, like, an MPI person out in the field or DNS, 
and they're, they want to connect with these students to be part of that club, how would you suggest they actually do it? Like, if they were to start today, how can they find a way to connect with that club for a conference call? Because you guys have been on conference, like Zoom calls, right, with a Jason Holm, for example, did one with some people at your school, right? Yeah. And then um, you've had people on site do presentations and whatnot, right? Yeah. I'm trying to give them the exact steps to get to that they can actually get in front of these students to get that human connection that Mai talked about. Um, like you were saying, the Zoom calls, share some of your knowledge. Uh, we're students. We don't understand the business world. We don't understand what it's like to be mm-hmm. you know, out on the street, like you said. We're Colombian grade A right. cocaine, but we you're haven't been there. Yeah, you're still white as driven snow. Yeah. And so we, we look for all the free information that we can mm-hmm. get. Um, free is good to us. Yeah. We got a lot of, we got a loan debt. So can they, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't worry. The people listening still do too, uh, <laughs> but can they, um, so would a good contact be reaching out to the MPI club president at Cleveland university or reaching out to the, you were, you were SACA. Right. I was SACA chapter president. Um, so there's far, a couple though. of ways. There's a couple of ways that you can get involved with these student organizations on every school website there is a place that you can go it's usually under student life Mm -hmm. or campus life and it will tell you all of the approved student council or student sanctioned clubs right clubs that are on their campus and usually there's contact information either by the club itself or their director of student services or some terminology likewise of that position who could get you into contact with um, the club president of your interest. So let's say you would like to champion a topic on um, intra-abdominal pressure and breathing. Uh, Usually they'll tell you, you know, that would be someone we could do um, with MPI club. I'll refer you to them. And just utilize your resources of the school website, or even if you can get into contact with national organizations such as the Student American Chiropractic Association, FTCA is now having um, student chapters Mm -hmm. uh, at some of these universities, and getting into contact with them, they can point you in the right direction. And if you went on the Cleveland site, uh, you would see the same name keep popping up 14 different times on Head of Student Council, SACA, uh, that which my held all those positions, but in all seriousness, if a person, I mean, before you came along, I'm sure there was the a person that ho- held multiple things listed on the same site, like president, it's like MPI and president of DNS means that person's well connected with the students, right? Absolutely. Just as an example, I, I don't know if that person was the same. So that may help uh, help you get to somebody who can actually make some stuff happen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are some more of the active clubs in Cleveland that? would be good to, for these people to reach out to? Uh, like you said, I'm heavily involved in MPI, so I would say that's number one. Uh, SACA is definitely one of them. There's really not too many so clubs. So just the ones you're part of are the cool ones. Absolutely. And everything else sucks? Yeah. yeah. But, Can you think of any others? But like you were saying... Um, and it's, it's say, weird, though, because like I, I went to school at SCU. Like we didn't have an MPI club. Yeah. Right, we had a Gonstead club that was super powerful, and yeah. for whatever reason, I'm sure three years later the Gonstead club's tiny, MPI is huge. For you guys, you brought your SACA. I'm looking at mine now. Your SACA program, while you were there, grew and grew and grew, and I'm sure 
five years before that, SACA may not have been as powerful. Maybe, dare we say it, SICA may have been like the, the bigger organization, but it really has to do with the involvement of the people there that seems to grow these, right? So whatever, but whatever, if you're listening, whatever you're involved in, if you're like, I went to a DNS seminar, hit up the DNS club, or if I went to an MPI seminar, because now you have a unified language that can open that door. Yeah. And say 10 years from now, I'm looking to hire an associate or a yeah. preceptor. I know the first call I'm going to do is the president of the MPI mm-hmm. club at Cleveland. I'm going to call them and say, who are your, your top people that come to club that, the smart ones, the ones that are willing to lay their neck out on the line for you. Yeah, and they'll be like, who's this? Never heard of you. You'll Doesn't be all matter. offended, yeah. <laughs> You'll be all offended they don't remember you. What? You'll be like uh, Al Bundy. Three touchdowns of Polk High. You don't know. You don't even know that show, do you? No. Awesome. Well, it's great. <laughs> it's great interviewing 26-year-olds that have no idea of the references I make for what was funny growing up. So, fantastic. Uh, all right, well, um, so, so we're here at Parker Seminar. Anything that you're looking at this... Uh, at the, the like program of all the speakers available, anything you're looking at going, wow, I never even thought we could get into that or that's really exciting to me? Like what, what gets your motor going? Because you guys have been exposed to some of the most cutting, quote-unquote, cutting-edge stuff, right? Uh, the McKinsey tracks, I, I like those. Um, some of uh, Dr. King spoke earlier today. Um, there's a 3D uh, motion capture um, speaker, so that's something I'm interested in looking at, especially with the sports performance side. Yeah, and then there's By the some way, other you, guy yeah. speaking later on Saturday. I no, he's know. speaking at the same time as that 3D motion capture guy. Yeah, Jerk I guess face. I won't be able to. Yeah, well, he won't even let you in the room. For those of you listening, that's me. I happen to be uh, up against that 3D motion capture, which is ironically the same session I want to go to, but I got to be up on stage. So. My, how about you? What are, anything you've seen that kind of gets your motor going? Yeah, I think that the lineup for Parker Seminars has been really, really moving in a progressive fashion under Dr. William Morgan. And just Parker as a Good, university. Good, I'm glad that we couldn't get out of the uh, ask his rodeo here, right? Like, we almost got bucked off, We're talking about Parker Seminars. we got to talk about I Dr. Know. Morgan. No, he's incredible. <laughs> remember, we don't have a platform to stand on yet. Uh, But it's really, really awesome to see such a progressive university moving the curriculum. He even said that the standards to get into Parker have actually gotten a little bit more rigorous and has actually caused more influx of students. Uh And so holding our profession to a higher standard with the direction that Parker is going has really, really been cool for us because we have had tons of rants and conversations about how... Yeah, the the chiropractic schools are too easy to get into. Uh-huh. It, it's not challenging us. Um, students are coming in not knowing what they're getting themselves into, putting themselves in debt, and then failing halfway through the curriculum. Yeah. And so that was really awesome. Um, seeing also that the evidence and the guidelines are starting to move to show that what we do, paired with exercise and movement and mobility is what's best for the patient. And so these tracks are doing clinical, um, they're doing the clinical tracks are more towards, uh, doing more rehab and exercise. And a lot, Stu McGill is here. Mm -hmm. Liebenson's here. Mm -hmm. This is where the profession is going. And that is very, very, very cool. It just diversifies, um, what the professionals are doing in this profession. Awesome. Well, uh, I thank you guys for being uh, here on this interview. 
because uh, I know that it's it's an exciting time. Like you're at this point where you think like all the debt that you have now will be repaid within 18 months, and you know you'll be happy as clams, right? Be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We both just did our exit interview for federal loans, and I I might have shed a tear a little bit. Yeah, they they keep writing zeros after your day. You're like, what? (laughs) Anyways, well, it's an exciting time. I've certainly been uh, blessed to know both of you. I'm excited about your futures and what you'll be able to do. Uh, So congratulations. And anybody who wants to reach out to you guys, would you mind sharing your email a non-Cleveland email because that one only worked for two and a half months. But seriously, if they're like, hey, because you guys will know who's behind you three, six, nine months, right? Like who might be good to reach out to? Absolutely. Um, you can contact me at MightyTa12 at gmail.com. And I'll spell and that we, for you. Thank you. <laughs> M-A-I-T-H-Y-T-A-12 at gmail.com. Why the hell did that need the 12 at the end of it? There's no way that anybody there else said what? Yes. I don't believe it. No, there absolutely was. And then actually my birthday is on the 21st. Huh. And so I was going to do my Tita 21 uh-huh. and that was taken. Wow. So, so sad. You just can't have a unique name these days. How about you, Nolan? Uh, yeah. If you want to reach out to me, uh, my email is Nolan at hotmail.com. Can you spell that for everybody? N-O-L-A-N-C-L-A-U-S-E-N at Hotmail.com. All right. Very cool. So people might send you emails and just say, hey, I heard you on the, the, the podcast. I just want to know who to contact. You guys would be fine with that, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you very much. I'm excited for this uh, weekend here at Parker Seminars. And on behalf of Nolan Clausen and my Tita, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thanks, guys. Hey, 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 how about that? Another great interview here on Clinic Gym Radio. Listen, if you're serious about starting up your own Clinic Gym Hybrid, then please go to clinicgymhybrid.com and check out our website there. We also love to get you involved in our accelerator program, which will walk you through step-by-step the 42 pieces you need to start your own Clinic Gym Hybrid. I'm Dr. Josh Saturday. We'll talk to you later.